Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. But Tampa, you can't blitz. You can't At do all? it. Bring this is the game. Yeah. This is why you got Sue. This is why you got JPP and Shaq Barrett. This is it. They got to win this week. Oh, damn. If I only would have listened to myself. <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, that's the great. Hey, listen, I try to point out yeah. ways both ty- teams can win. Yeah. I took, obviously, the other route and went with the Chiefs. And so did everybody else. So I, I understand. Nobody saw 31-9 right. coming. That's You didn't for sure. have the under and the bucks? I mean, <laughs> no, what the hell's wrong no, with you're, you? You're exactly right. I know. But uh, just, hey, amazing. Day after the Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl 55. What a story by the Bucks. Mm. Tom Brady, the Glazier family down there, just everything around it. I mean, phenomenal. I don't know. You can't say enough about the story of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year and really the ultimate story of Tom Brady and his whole freaking career. And probably a little more extra connection for you this Super Bowl. I know you love every single yeah. one, but, I mean, you played for that organization. Yes. You know the families down there. You Definitely. know the owners. Right. I know you're first and foremost an analyst, but you are a former Buck. A former – have a special place in my heart. That's where, like, you know, yeah, I picked the Chiefs to win – Okay, I, I, but there was a part of me that was like, if the Bucks win, you know, other than I just get tired of the Brady talk sometimes, sure. like, you know, everybody's better because Bra- that, that's where I get, you know, pigeonholed as a Brady hater and all mm-hmm. that. But it's not about Brady, and I have such respect for him. But, yeah, the, the Bucks, that organization, the way it's run by that family, how can you not root for Bruce Arians? I worked with Jason Light in New England. He's phenomenal. He hasn't got the credit he deserves oh gosh, for building no. this football team. Yeah. For whatever reason. We'll like, give him some of the next couple months. I know. Give him more. Because yeah. for whatever reason, we give Brett Veach all the credit last year and years before, even John Lynch leading up to the Super Bowl. But whatever reason, Jason Light, I feel like, has kind of slid under the radar with right. that conversation. And, and he's their GM. I know most know that. But yeah. those who don't, he's a GM. I mean, just look at the defensive backfield. Not a single first-round pick in there. Not a veteran there. Those yeah. are middle round picks, second to middle round picks. Signed, they were phenomenal. Right. I mean, then drafted Devin White, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Signed a you know, JPP in free agency. Drafted Avita Vea. Got Sue. Dra- I mean, signed Shaquille Barrett as a value free yeah. agent who now is a superstar. Right. You know, I mean, all the moves he's made has been really damn good. And I think, hey, listen, ultimately, you know, yes, that, the other thing I wanted to do too, the Bucks, that, that fan base down there. It's so much better than people realize. It really is. I know people turn it on on most Sundays and they don't see a full stadium and they right. go, oh, this is not great. Listen, it's not an area of extreme wealth. People aren't just going to be able to sit on tickets for generations and generations and all that. But man, they love their football. Like, I will not be 
surprised. This is how psycho they are about football. I really will not be surprised if they change their name from Tampa Bay to Tampa Bay. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> even on. joking. The mayor made a comment about it this weekend. Really? They're psycho. They love their football down there. They love the it Bucks. Doesn't get, it doesn't get nearly that kind of love nationally. I know. I know it doesn't. It's on the, it's on the precipice of SEC country there. That's what people True. don't realize. Right. So there is a real football love there. The Gators are just up the road. And, man, they love the Bucks. They've been dying for a quarterback like Brady forever. Man. And, man, they got one. Well, but there's a lot of football stories I want to get into. Yeah. Some things to follow up that we talked about the last couple of weeks. Right. But it's always fun to follow up to some of the, the personal anecdotal things that you bring up. And I know late last week you mentioned, hey, if, if, if this thing starts going sideways for yeah. Kansas City, my son might come off the rails a little <laughs> bit at home in his, in his Mahomes jersey. So yes. before we get in the weeds with ball, right. how, how was that at home? It was, a little, it was a little choppy there for a while. I'll tell you what it was different than last year. Yeah. Now, we, he, we hit a meltdown. In the second what quarter. Okay. Not the second quarter. I think right as they went up to 21 What's six. a meltdown? Throwing like, things? No, tears? Getting up. Borderline tears. Yes. I don't want to watch the game anymore. And I'm like, no, dude, come on. Come on. You like Tom Brady. Let's sit down. Because he loves Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He was rooting for him like hell to beat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, but he loves Mahomes. That's his guy. You know, it's for a lot of his age group. That's his guy. And, yeah, it was say, hey, come on. Let's just watch this. It's no big deal. Come on. It's all right. This is sports. You got to deal with you this talked sometimes. talked him off the ledge. Talked him off the ledge. Yeah. He, you know, pouted a little bit, but he hung in there. The night went on. He was like, I'm, I'm, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm really happy for Tom Brady. And then this is really cool. What a and mature like, outlook. He, he, he gave him a mature, optimistic outlook. He yeah. definitely did. Yeah, it was good. Okay. I didn't want to film him, though. I did think of <laughs> I, you. I, I did think about that. I thought about it. I was yeah. going to bring out the camera, but I was like, man, he's such an emotional wreck right now. Yeah. He might really get pissed at me if I post it on Instagram or something. Right, but probably the right call, parenting. I mean, for my <laughs> I entertainment purposes at home, yeah. I would have enjoyed it, but I'm sure that was the right yeah, screw the fucking kids. At, at your house. <laughs> okay, 31-9. to nine. Yeah. I mean, An obvious, as we get into what happened for this entire game, right. obvious place to start. Yeah. The Chiefs not scoring a touchdown. Mm. I mean, that was just unthinkable. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a surprise to say, hey, the Bucs are going to win. But the shock here is in how well the Buccaneers defense played. So The shock. We're going to hit the particulars, but just your headline of why Tampa Bay's defense was so dominant against Mahomes. Well, we played the clip already. Let's end the podcast. Let's go home. I mean, really, though, that front four, the physicality of their football team in general, I think, is what wins them the game. Hey, football, sexy as it is, stats, X's and O's, you and I both know, really, at a basic level, it still comes to who's the tougher, the bigger, the more physical team, who tackles, does those things. And there was obviously a leg up in that, that you know, department for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But ultimately, the success you're talking about, it goes on to those front four. It is. And Todd Bowles. Yes. Because Holy fucking shit, he didn't blitz everybody. Right. I mean, I had a lot of people, like, when I was making those type of comments on, like, the radio, like, well, that's crazy. Todd Bowles is going to blitz. There's no way he'll do that. And I kept going, well, then he's not going to win the Super Bowl. Right. Because if he blitzes, they're going to lose. And he adjusted his whole coaching life for one game and said, man, I'd love to blitz, mm-hmm. but this is just a week I can't do it. And I think he blitzed five times the whole football game. And the front four, just as the game went on, just continued to wear their ass out up front. Right. Added to this, just for my last big comment as we then we get into yep. specifics, Mahomes' toe was an issue. 
Yeah. It was an issue. His mobility was not at 100%. Good I just question for watched that. the film. So G-Heart 72, and you can get right into where you were going. Those are the three main things. You, yeah. And, and yeah. Um, you, you can go right where you wanted to go there. Right. G-Heart 72, how is the toe not a problem against the Bills, but a problem against the Bucks? with an extra week of recovery. Yeah, listen, I, I, this, uh, th- that's the question right there, right? I was expecting, oh, hey, we saw him look better in the Bills game as compared to what we saw in the Cleveland game, and you went, oh, two weeks, he'll be even better now. He'll be close to 100%. We probably won't even be able to tell. It, it's really what I was expecting. I can promise you, and I know I got no way to back this up but other than my wife and my two kids, mm-hmm. but I can promise you on the first time he broke the pocket during the game, I went, He's not normal. That's not his normal speed. He's right. faster than that. He usually has more explosion. I even noticed that I think on the first play or the second play of the game when he ran a little fake handoff and then he kept the ball in the RPO and Shaquille Barrett got on him and he had to throw the ball almost like left-handed to the back right. just to get the ball out of his hands. That was my first. I went, ooh, he didn't look right cutting off his leg there. Like He, he couldn't get out of the guy's way. So, But the answer to the question is yeah. – that is a serious injury. The toe, and, yes. I mean, yeah. again, it ruined Deion Sanders' career. It's ruined a lot of people's career. And it's not one of those things where you just go, oh, I injured it three weeks ago, and it gets better automatically. It can be – Could have got worse. That's what I mean. It can get better, 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 better. And then all of a sudden, one day at practice, you take one wrong step or do something, and you go, holy fuck, I'm worse than I was when I originally heard it. Yeah. And to me, that, it almost looked like that yesterday. And And added to that, okay, here's the other thing. Mm -hmm. There's a Sunday report about he's getting surgery on the toe. So that tells you it's real. Like, it's real. He's told people he's concerned about it. The Kansas City Chiefs have obviously told people they're concerned about it. That's why it's being reported. And here's another thing that I would I wish I said on the morning show this morning. They were obviously concerned about it because they brought Matt Moore up from the practice squad. They had three quarterbacks for Super Bowl 55. Nobody's had three quarterbacks on a field in Super Bowl in tw- 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that just tells you that they went, eh, what should we do with this extra spot? His toe's kind of fucked up. Let's bring another quarterback up. And it's, there's no such thing as a good Sunday uh, to have your offensive line get their ass kicked <sighs> by the D-line. But when your toe is that bad, and this is one of my favorite numbers that, they, that came out of the action yeah. yesterday, 497. It's unofficial. <laughs> His throwing but, yards? Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> game one against yeah, the same team. right. But here we go. Patrick Mahomes ran a total of 497 yards before his passes sacks tonight per at Next Gen Stats. It got to a point where it was just, and I wrote this down in my notes, wash, rinse, repeat. He's going to drop back. They're going to rush four. He's going to run around about 40 yards and fire it incomplete. That became, I mean, that, 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 that's my number one image of their offense that game, which it is. prior to it, you never would have thought so. Never would have thought so. Definitely not. Hey, listen, I, I underestimated the value of having them having to shuffle around their offensive line when Fisher went down. The fact that you got three guys playing three different spots and it's your first game and you got to play this crew, that's where if I self-scout myself, I go, Chris, you fucking idiot. Why, why did you, you – you're always talking about the line and you got to dominate up front. But it's Mahomes and Andy Reid, and I thought they'd figure a way out to maybe mm-hmm. just lessen that a little bit. Right. But they got their ass whooped to an extent up front that not even Mahomes can make anything happen, let alone a Mahomes that's not 100%. That's where they need it. Listen, we didn't see the sprint out pass plays really much either. It says a that lot. That tells you that there was an, they didn't want to overdo it with his foot. That, right. to me, spoke volumes. Um, so, hey, it, not that I'm saying that's going to – there's the difference in the football game or anything like that. 
but it certainly changed certain aspects and how dangerous he could be as a football player. And yes, it cost him. This is where I think it really cost him. And, and this is where I, I don't know if, you know, watching, but even watching back on film, it just comes out to me. And this throw here, if you're watching on TV, the one that at the fourth quarter where he's falling it was down dropped. and he's six inches from the ground yeah. and he still throws a 30-yard laser into the end zone. I mean, that's... You can't do that. No, nobody can right. do that. That's, this is one of the most gifted guys ever in the history of the sport. But I think um, the, 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 between the toe, the dominance in the front four, and then... I was a little surprised by the plan of attack by Kansas City early on. Which part of it? I feel like they came into the game a little bit of, they're going to play the same way they did the first time. We're going to call aggressive downfield passing plays. And then here we are, and it was like the 15th play of the game, and I'm going, the safeties are 30 yards deep. We, we, can't keep, yeah. we can't keep running Tyreek Hill down there into triple coverage. And at what point are we going to start going short and dicing them up that way? And to me, that's where I was a little underwhelmed by Kansas City's plan of attack and maybe the lack of amount of plays they had that way right. to attack that way. Question uh, from right. at Emma Perez 09. Right. What did the Bucks do over the middle that the quick throws weren't there for Mahomes? And yeah. I think as your praise got more and more detailed right. for Mahomes and the offense as the season went on, you talked more about their, their willingness to be patient yes. and throw underneath, right. and it wasn't there yesterday. It, it wasn't there yesterday. They didn't call plays to that at first. Like I said, I think, it, you know, I, the first drive, Tampa played all coverage. The second drive, it started out coverage, coverage. And then on a first down, they blitzed with a crazy right. blitz. And then on third down, they blitzed with a crazy blitz. The one where he threw to, to Kelsey in yes. the end zone, or, or Hill in the end zone. And he dropped and it. And he dropped it. He yeah. should have caught it for a touchdown, which was an amazing throw. But those were like only two blitzes early on. Now, what I like about that is you do those two. Yeah. And now they go to the sideline and go, wait, did you see yes. those blitzes? How do we figure that out? We got to figure out how to stop that. I had that. that written down to ask And then you, they never fucking ran them again. Do you think it was, it was random that they called those two aggressive, tough to figure out ones early? Or was it part of the plan I to be like, was. let's give them this to think about because all we're really going to do is play back coverage anyway. Yes. But let's make them think yes. this is what we're doing. I think so. That would be my logic. I'm with you there. I think that I thought they'd think, let's do coverage. Let's throw a wrinkle or two at them real yeah. quick. So they're worried about that. They go to the sideline and go, hey, when we see those looks, we got to throw this play and this play. And then we never give them that fucking play again. Right. And they came out the next series and kind of came out with some quick throws like expecting blitz, and it was back to coverage again. And so to answer our question there, you know, the front four dropping seven, and here's the brilliance of Todd Bowles too. Todd Bowles, they took a little bit of the Spags playbook. The, 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 the deception and disguises on the back end were phenomenal. Mm. They were phenomenal. And that's always risky against Kansas City because, you know, some guy misses Tyreek Hill off the line of scrimmage and your safety's down there low and supposed to get back and now he can't catch up and Tyreek's gone. You know, so that's why teams don't like to do that. But they were amazing at that and finding different ways to basically just play these combination three deep, four under looks where it was a lot like, of four deep too, I or, thought. Or, or, even, or four cover four with some everyone's man, there's man underneath. Right. They had all these cool zone man combination coverages. It's like they took stuff from the Patriots and the Raiders and all the teams that have had success against Kansas City. Right. And they kind of said, let's do all of them yeah. and put them in the game plan. And that's where it was really awesome. One of the conversations we had a different version of a number of times, right. especially as the season went on, again, as you talked more and more about, I like the Kansas City's more patient. Now, I said a number of times, 
they just throw underneath these soft corners where there's no coverage underneath it. They do it again and again and again. Why doesn't the team roll the corners up, get some flat players out underneath those corners so that, to take that part of the, of the game away? Yeah. And this is one of the first times where defense actually did that. They did do that. And it worked. It worked, and they have the two guys on the inside to answer our question, too, with White and David yes. who can cover so much oh ground. Gosh. And then we're also – you know, not outclassed by a guy like Kelsey when they had a matchup with him inside. No. I mean, that's not they won a lot of the battles. Yeah. But that's where I'm shocked by the game plan. I, I'm still a little shocked by that on the Kansas City aspect. You know, you couldn't go into the game thinking the Bucks were really going to do what they did the first time, did you? I mean, did you really think like, hey – they're going to be cool with bump and run Tyreek Hill again. Like, no way. But j just, just play the other yeah, side. Cool, cool. It is how they had their most success during the year. I mean, they, they gave Aaron Rodgers his worst game in the regular season with all that confusion, sure. with the heavy blitz. So even though one side of you would say they would never do that again, you could also, after seeing it a couple times early, just like you pointed out, say this is their bread and butter. I know. Maybe they are going to go back with more. I know. I just – when you got Kansas City and that crew – I mean, nobody, you just, you, you got to be crazy to blitz it. And you got to kind of know that to me if you're Andy Reid. And to me, where I wanted to really go with that was just to be like, hey, when you saw some of the Kansas City have success earlier in their drives mm -hmm. and things like that that got them on the field goal drives, hey, listen, go back and watch. I'll just tell you what happened. They worked the middle part of the field and found little ways to get three people on the two linebackers in the middle. And then it was, you know, bam, Kelsey, eight yards over the middle, and he'd turn up for a few yards. They had it in there. To me, it was just like, Where's more of it? We, yeah. need to have, we need to have 10 different ways to do what you just did right there. We right. can't just have these two ways with Kelsey and then nothing else. And that's what I was really coming into the game. I thought Kansas City will be ready to that. Anybody that listened to me the last two weeks, I was kind of saying this is how Tampa was going to play it. Because mm -hmm. I just didn't – after watching the game back, I was just like there's no way they could play it the way the first time around. Right. Um, so either way, interesting. I'm shocked that Andy Reid and company didn't have more answers to that, that they did kind of bang their head on the wall to a degree and kept calling deep plays when you saw coverage was going to be the theme of the day for the Buccaneers. I have a couple other places yeah. I want to go with this yeah. part of the matchup. Pete uh, just mentioned something to me to show. Pete, yeah. which part do you want to roll up there? There we go. Oh, this, so this is here. This is that third down. We talked about that. So this was, you know, still early in the game. I believe it's still 0-0 at this point, right? This is going to set which up one for the is long this, field Chris? goal. This and is... this is the one Tyreek Hill drops that really go through oh, yeah. both of his First hands. First quarter, yeah. So he's in the shotgun. They're going to call a deep pass play, and it looks like – see, look at this coverage, and don't start it yet, but look at this coverage where the safeties are and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Look, it's a corner out here. There's a safety over top of the corner. The other safety's playing like the middle of the field, and then they have a third safety over there playing by the zero. So, th to me, just I want to show everybody, just for the purpose of this, there was a lot of this look. But they didn't blitz off of it very much, yeah. except for this play, right. which was a great just, hey, let me roll the dice. I feel comfortable in this down and distance with what they got on the field. Let me do it. Now roll it if you can, Pete. And you see, they drop the two backers. Rewind it one more time. And let's show everybody one more time so we get it. Yep. So look, you got your three down line, the two guys off the edge okay, are going to come. The two corner blitzes, the two middle linebackers drop out. Now, Mahomes knows, uh-oh, I don't have the right protection.
deflection to pick up this other corner off. He does an unreal job of making the guy miss and making a throw that, listen, quite honestly, he's the only person in the history of the planet that can make it. I don't know what to say. One arm running full speed with a less than with a 50% toe, and he just flicks it out there with his – and, I mean, it was a hard catch, no doubt. Dropped I, it. He dropped it. He, he dropped it. Yeah. It, it, what's even worse is I don't think he even touched it. I think it went right through it's, his yeah. hands and hit him in the face. I, I, I think he thought that the defender, and I don't know which was going to make was, contact with him. And, and, he, and he didn't. And I know. it threw him off. It was like so he too. was ready to try and catch to a brace himself ball, or whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't touched. Uh-huh. And it went through the it hands. It went right through. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Um, right. Just an amazing, amazing throw. But the, the point of that, nonetheless, was great timely blitz where mm-hmm. we haven't really – we've seen one blitz to this point. We're not really expecting, oh, look, it's all these safeties back. They're going to play coverage. Set HUD. What? This guy's coming? That's the kind of shit you got to do against, you know, Mahomes and Reed and, and the Chiefs. Question from No Limit Solja, yeah. just what you've been talking about. Why didn't KC make any halftime adjustments offensively? One of the points he brought up, he said, why didn't Kansas City use screens or dink and dunk to kill the Bucks defense? I wrote down one, one set of my notes here. Yeah. Uh, they had a third and four in the second quarter. They tried to set up a screen pass. Yes. Devin White was all over killed it. it. They were running two-man Gave coverage. Gave it zero chance. Yeah, they were trying to go, like, two-man and they were trying to get one of the linemen to get off and block on Devin White, and they're going to throw a screen to yeah. Edwards Alaire. But he's a freak of nature. Yeah. I mean, you could argue, you know, other than Mahomes, he was the second best player on the field last night. Das Batlam question from yeah. him. Why wasn't Devin White the Super Bowl MVP? Well, um, because he's not a quarterback. And unfortunately, that's just the way we live right now. Listen, I'll say this. The story of the game is the Bucks' defense. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with Brady being the MVP. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. Yeah, it wasn't special. It's not like a great, great performance. I, I get that. You know, um, I think if Devin White, and I'll, I'll piggyback off of what Florio said earlier today, if Devin White gets that interception earlier in the game, mm-hmm. maybe he has a chance to get it. Right. He does. But it's hard for linebackers. You've got to have picks and turnovers and probably some sacks to go along with it. You know, and Brady still played very efficient football and made you knew that two out of happen. the three really good touchdown passes. And right, it's just, it's, it's, you know no me, surprise. it's my pet peeve of the whole sport right There's now. There's no surprise. The quarterback is the MVP in Super Bowl regular right. season. The quarterback's the Heisman. Doesn't matter every year. I, I, I want to get to more of the defense. Right. And Pete, I, I jumped this a little bit. So let's, uh, we're now starting damn okay. Okay. And you know how that begins. Yes. Let's go ahead and roll the theme song. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes, I'm okay. The legal gambleizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Good every time. Dan. Okay. Okay, we get to continue with Devin White here. Yeah. So you said he needs he needed bigger numbers. 12 tackles, game high. Yeah. Two tackles for loss. Right. Pass defended. Yeah. Pick. I know. I'm mean, listen, to me, Johnny football guy, I love that. Those are MVP numbers. Yeah. It's just to Johnny Ryder who's voting on the fucking thing, it's right. not to him. Right. That's that's the problem. It's just we've been all we're talked about is quarterback stats. That's all we talk about anymore. So yeah, I listen, there's there's we can name five Super Bowls over the last twenty years where I go. The quarterback shouldn't be the MVP. Right. But he is, and that's just the way it is. But phenomenal performance. And I do wish they could find a way. Maybe they need to have an award, defensive player of the Super Bowl. Find something to give somebody love than mm-hmm. the Super Bowl winning quarterback every time. Every, every time. I, I mean, know. fucking Todd Bowles was amazing. You could have gave him the MVP trophy right. yesterday. I, I mean, you really could have. Yeah. 
I, I totally agree. And yeah. I feel like we're, we're not giving we, I mean, you and I, hopefully we can right now, but I haven't heard enough about how well the defensive backs played. Front four was awesome. They won just like they had to continually. Yeah. Love the linebackers. Uh-huh. They were terrific. Defensive backs. Amazing. The way they ran, the way they tackled, and kept everything in front of them. Exactly I mean, how much right. do we hear about yards after the catch? I know. Before never, this, and never came. Didn't thing. hear about it at all. No, it, they're they were great. And then really, no, don't didn't see them bust a coverage all night long. Nothing. You know, never took the cheese and like, oh wait, there's Tyree Kill. Oh wait, 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 I got a guy over there that he's going to take him now. Uh, he's I'm passing him off into that zone. Hold on, let me be disciplined and stay over here because somebody's coming into my zone. You know, they were just were on their game. And again, Todd Bowles. He didn't really put them in a vulnerable position all game like right. he, they did in that first matchup. So they never really were in a spot to where, hey, you guys are going to lose your confidence here because now they're going to dice you up. He did a great job of always making them feel like they were in a position of power. Right. And he played the right, you know, just approach in general on the defensive side of the ball where they played good team defense, they disguised, and they said they don't, they're offensive lines issues, and then he's not 100%. Let's make him just pat the ball once or twice, and our front four can get there if we can just make him do that. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where Bowles won the football game. For How them. many times have we watched the Chiefs the last couple of years, all season long, where when you watch it felt like, Man, is the field 59 yards wide? Right. Are they playing with, with, with 12 guys? And none of that, none of it was evident. What, what did they do specifically with Tyreek Hill? Because that's kind of how I started it last week. Sure. I was like, what's the plan going to be for this guy? Yeah. And something worked pretty well. Always had safeties looking him up. You know what I mean? Like, so, so even if it's – first off, it's two-man, right? That's two deep safeties, everybody man underneath. All right, that's a great way always to protect somebody, right? But it wasn't always just that. It was a lot of, like – Okay, like I told you, man underneath, and now there might be four guys back just playing an umbrella coverage. And the safeties are aware. Oh, wait, Hill's over there. There's a good chance he's going to cross over to this deep part of where I am now. And they were looking at him. Okay, and then it was every now and then, and let's just double him on this play altogether. So it was a lot of that. But either way, he was never in a position to be running down the field by himself in a one-on-one opportunity. Right. It was always some form of two deep or three deep and cool ways of doing it. It wasn't just like, hey, we lined up in three deep. It's the safety, the corners. It's three deep and four under. No, they were doing it in ways where you were like, wait, one safety's over here looking like he's playing cover two. The other safety's in the middle almost like he's playing Tampa two linebacker. And then there's another safety over here who looks like he's playing quarters coverage. So they had a specific game plan and coverages called for this football team. And, yes, executed smartly. They tackled, like you said. And that was the biggest thing, too. They rallied. And for me, again, I'll just say, I think Kansas City dropped the ball a little bit with attacking with the quick short passes that we've seen them do really against Buffalo and Cleveland quite a bit. And literally drop the ball with some of their biggest players in some big moments as huge, well. Huge moments. A couple yeah. of other damn okays defensively. Antoine Winfield, six tackles, interception, couple of passes defended. Baller. He was excellent. Uh, Carlton Davis, remember how much he struggled in the first game against Kansas City? Go ahead and roll this. There it is. I mean, comparing week 12, and he showed up a lot. He was cited a lot for the guy that got burned. Right. Look at what he did in the turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. But, you know, and again, this is one of the young, phenomenal corners in our league. But they did a good job of not putting him in a position to fail yesterday. He was in a zone a lot. I mean, a lot. He was there and getting credit for it as he should. 
But he was in the, the, those tough man spots week no 12 doubt. and he wasn't last no. night. No, they put him in spots in week 12 that you just go, I don't care. We can get Deion almost, Sanders out here. He's going to let exactly. up, he's gonna up some big plays. Right. I want to say for everybody who can't see it, uh, two receptions as opposed to 12 that he gave up right. in week 12. 14 yards against him as opposed to 236 uh, back late November. They had just a great feel of how they were going to be attacked and – you know, just a great job of within those playing the zones for the most part of the day, too, of just, hey, look at the big picture. Okay, you know, like early on in the game, I don't know if you remember this play, he throws like the McCole Hardman corner route and incomplete on a third down. You know, it was kind of attacking Carlton Davis. They were playing a three-deep coverage. They ran Tyree Kill at him to run an out route, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But he's responsible for the deep third. And he didn't take the cheese. He kind of just saw the big picture of the play and went, wait, I see this guy going vertical, and yeah, Tyreek's coming at me, but I have a curl flat player inside. Let me get back out. And that made Mahomes have to throw the ball safe, and he just they didn't play over-aggressive. He wasn't even close to open. He wasn't even all over. No, they they did a great job throughout the night. There was very little easy completions other than some of those ones that we talked about over the middle to Kelsey and things like that where they picked apart the zone a little bit, like I said, which I thought we were going to see – 40 different versions of how to do those type of plays in the game. Subtle thing here, but David was so on him, Levante David, so close to him that he was never able to catch and turn up field. I, I shouldn't say never. No, but Not for the most often. part, when you're the right. the game mattered, you're right. you catch it. I mean, he was tackled right that, away. Uh, that is a huge aspect of the football game. I mean, you already hit on it. The fact that they really got very little yards after the catch other than one or two Tyreek plays – I mean, that, that was a big, big aspect. When it was man-to-man situations, they, you know, or man, you know, what it looks like to be man underneath is a zone coverage. He's matched up into them. Yeah, they never really exposed Tampa with their athletic ability Mm-mm. throughout. They really, yeah, you caught it. Okay, we tackled you right there, but you didn't get an extra 12 yards getting down the field on us. Right. Uh, front four. This is a ridiculous number. Shaq Barrett, 11 quarterback pressures, double-digit pressures. It was ridiculous in general. Paul, there was plays yesterday during the game when I'm watching on TV, and the way the defensive line got in, I went, oh, T- the Kansas City's going to throw a screen here. And I'm going, oh, wait, that wasn't a fucking screen. That was, they were trying to pass protect. <laughs> I thought they were letting them go to try to run a screen. When you said a couple weeks ago, I mean, maybe it was last week, I asked you about the biggest weakness for Kansas City. Yeah. Right away with conviction, you sat up and said, oh, line. line. I was saying that, what, week 14? Even buying into that, right. I did not picture just the, the complete manhandling. No, I did not we're either. We're going to see last night. I did not either. I did not, uh, nope, and, and you know, I, I, there's no doubt. I did not see that manhandling. It was a free-for-all at some points. Early on, it was okay, okay? It wasn't horrible early on. When I watched back the film, I went, huh, the protection was a little better earlier on than I thought, but they were still in their mode of, we're trying to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. And so the protection was good, but there was nothing underneath for him to throw or do anything. And then as the game went on, they just started to get worn out up front. And then it became even the short passes. It was like... You know, there was a few plays in the third and fourth quarter when you're going, oh, Kansas City might be able to come back still. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, it's not likely. We're all but waiting you're going, for Yeah, it. you're just going, they might be able to. And he had a few times where you go, ooh, there's going to be somebody open, but he can't even give it the time of the day. He's already right. running for his life. And, again, this is where I want to go with the toe issue. This is where – because I had a few of my friends, like, they saw what I was saying on Twitter last night. They were mm-hmm. like, dude, the toe, do you think it would have made that big of a difference? Listen, I'm not saying they would have won the game. 
I do think it would have been a whole lot closer. You know, you got to remember all these plays where he's running to the sideline and throwing it away as he's getting tackled. I'm just telling you, in Chris Sims' estimation, on some of those, a healthy Mahomes is going to turn the corner and attack the line of scrimmage. And then it's going to be, oh, crap, we got to go up and tackle him. Right. Or now, oh, we did that, and he throws a laser behind you, right? Yeah. He never could get into that because of his movement. His greatest and their greatest weapon when you play soft zone coverages has always been his ability to move around and manipulate them. Yeah. And not to say they would have won the game, but it was greatly affected by his toe last night. Even plays like this, for all you fans out there, when the pocket was around him and he usually gets up in a spot and dips out, right, mm-hmm. and finds a gap, yeah. he couldn't explode to get through some of those gaps to attack the line of scrimmage a few times. And those were the plays where you saw him, like, now he's being dragged to the ground and throwing it just as yeah. he's tackled. Like, those are plays where when I went back and watched the film, I go, five weeks ago, yeah. he's going to outrun that guy. And he's going to be scot-free a yard behind the line of scrimmage. And a linebacker is going to be coming up and going, oh, shit, I, got, I can't let him scramble. Yeah. And then it's, shoo, oh, it's a pass to Ty, you know, Tyreek or Kelsey. And because of the toe, that aspect of their game was definitely taken away. It was a different kind of running we saw from Mahomes. He was retreating. He was in the defensive totally. uh, scramble mode. Early in the game, yeah. third and seven, he was able to escape pressure and run for a run first. Run to left, right. And it reminded me, remember at the end of the game in November, he ran for a couple first downs late when they really had to stop him and couldn't. I'm like, yep. oh, here we go again. They're yeah. going to chase him out of the pocket. He's going to run for a bunch of first downs and throw for 400. I don't know if he ran for another first down the rest of the night. Maybe one more. Because he was always running the other way. I know. Maybe one more, I think. But it was, it was limited. It yeah. really was. And even on that, you know, that, that's what I told Pete before we started the show. I said, man, when you watch on film and you see the end zone cuts of some of these runs, He's running with a giddy-up. He's not running the normal stride of, like, what you've seen from Mahomes. He was laboring, uh, certainly. And, again, I'm not saying it makes a difference in the football game, but it makes a difference in the fact where, hey, the Bucs can feel comfortable about what they're doing. They didn't have to have to leave their game plan that way. And mm-hmm. just Mahomes wasn't able to quite make some of the magic that we usually see him make. Not the reason they lost, but it no. mattered. No, it mattered. But it mattered. No, no doubt. Like, I think if he's 100%, we're sitting here going – this game came down to the wire or something like that. They at least would have scored a touchdown or two. Right, right, right. Pete, I think there's one more thing you wanted to run on fourth down. Early fourth quarter, fourth down incompletion here. Yeah. Uh, Let's take a peek here. Well, this is – all right, so I don't even start this yet. This this speaks to it. Yeah. I mean, this play – you just – did you just say jailbreak or was that Pete that said jailbreak? Yeah. I mean, it's a jailbreak. Yeah. It's a four-man rush. And this would be one of those plays where you're going, are they setting up a screen or are they trying to like actually pass protect here? Like it, it is phenomenal. Go ahead and let it run because you're going to see these two defense ends go right by their guys. There is no stopping. Uh, well, I thought it was Barrett, but there it's, it's Golston and then JPP who just fly in there. And now he's running for his life and, you know, of course, just throwing the ball as he's vertical to the, to the field or horizontal to the field. But – it was just so many plays like that. Rewind it one more time there, just to where you see Golston on the right side. I mean, does not even get, like, his momentum slowed down. He literally gets to go right between the guard and the tackle, and Mahomes has got nothing. Mahomes here, maybe he would have had, like, Kelsey 
Uh, and if you rewind one more time, I just want to show it. Like, see where Kelsey is on the left of the three receivers? He kind of curls up right at the first down. And if he's got no pressure, he's probably going to be able to hit him as he curls up right there yeah. and get maybe get the first down. It's going to be a tight throw. But I think, oh, I've seen them do that before. But he can't even give it a chance to develop because he's already on the run. And, you know, that'll be one of the lasting images of the Super Bowl is just right. Mahomes running for his life. At recess in grade school when you were playing quarterback, did, yeah. did you make the D-line count to like three Mississippi? Three Mississippi. Remember that? Yeah. I had that thought last night. I'm watching. Like, wait, can, can we make the dudes count to three Mississippi before they go? I mean, Seriously. maybe then it would be a fair fight. It's, it's, it, I know. Because it wasn't even It wasn't close. even three Mississippi. You're right. It was not. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bucks offense against Chiefs D. Ready to turn the yeah, corner? Yeah, let's do it. I think we hit it all. All right. Tom Brady's specific thoughts coming, and yeah. maybe you can take it right there. Gigi McDonald asked a very good question on Twitter. I think it's a, a good jumping off point. Yep. Can you talk about the difference in how the Bucks offense attacked the Chiefs defense in the Super Bowl compared to what they did back in Week 12? Okay, that's a great question. I, I think the biggest thing is Week 12, they still weren't quite bought into what they are right now, as we've talked about a lot in the playoffs. Power run mm. – Play action pass, max protect Brady. They were still tinkering with that at that point. They were still stuck in the, hey, let's appeal to Tom and still get in the shotgun and throw short passes and do all that. Or Tom was still fighting for that aspect of the offense still. Either way, they were figuring out their formula. What was different about yesterday and just right off the bat, and I told you this before we started today, was just the – Tampa's patience with the run game Mm. and their physical dominance there got Kansas City to have to start playing defenses where they had to stop the run. And Kansas City's greatest at, one, first off, they're greatest with their disguises. And when they get you in passing in those situations where Spags can get all these creative blitzes and coverages – and they were handicapped that way because of their ability to run. So he had to worry about that. And then also that kept them in so many second and shorts and third and shorts to where, again, that takes away Spag's greatness of his disguises and blitzes and everything he does that way. 
Other thing I'll say that just early in the game that really jumped out. So the run game really set it up. Mm -hmm. No doubt. That really put Kansas City at a disadvantage. And again, Kansas City, as we've talked about a lot, Derrick Henry comes to town, they stop him. The Cleveland Browns two-headed monsters come to town, they stop him. The 49ers in the Super Bowl last year, they stopped him. They could not stop this Bucks offensive line. And they really only ran two or three run plays the whole game, mm. just like I talked about in the NFC Championship game. They really just run like, hey, fuck you. We're bigger than you and meaner than you. Here it comes. And we're going to, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do. And that's the attitude that they really developed since that week 12. Yeah. And then the play action passes off of it. And here's one other element that I thought was brilliant by Brady yesterday. Early in the game, I was going to text you this because I know we were texting yeah. early on, but I wanted to save it for the podcast, <laughs> is the quick count. Yeah. The quick count was brilliant early on. And you might go, why? Why does that matter? Because Spagnolo and Tyron Matthew, they're famous for all these, we're going to dance around and we're here and we're there and you got no, def- no idea. And he just said, hey, fuck you, booty fights. Hut! And they were running the play. Yeah. And so now they're trying to disguise and he's throwing a screen, screen to Antonio Brown. Or, you know, they're trying to disguise and he throws a screen to the tight end. And now it's 15 yards. So they called some plays where it's like, they told Tom, hey, we're going to run the play no matter what. This mm-hmm. is your all-purpose. We don't give a fuck what defense yep. they're in. Sorry for all the F words, but I'm excited <laughs> here. We're going to run. We're going to do that. And then when we call those plays, do, do some quick count. So yep. they can't always just think they're going to be able to disguise and do all this stuff and mess with us all game. That, to me, was one of the underlying good things that Brady brought to the, the game plan early on. Love that observation. And I, I think one uh, that, that kind of ties in with that is, as I'm sitting here listening to you, Bringing in the big formations mm-hmm. where there's, there's multiple tight ends, there aren't people spread wide out. Right. And it's not that Brady couldn't handle it. He can get up to the line of scrimmage with two wide outs way out there, two way out there, and maybe figure out what Spanx is doing. But you talk about taking away one of his strengths. Yes. In those kind of formations, the D coordinator loves it because you don't know, oh, he's not going to know what I'm doing to that slot receiver and that exactly outside receiver. Exactly right. I could blitz that guy. I could have somebody drop out and, he, and cover him and don't – whatever. you can't right. decipher it. No. You've got everybody between the hashes. Yeah. You don't, you don't really care what the DBs are doing because you're either running it or running some kind of play action. I'm not going to spend 10 seconds figuring out what you're doing. Yeah. Because like you said, we're running this anyway. We're running this anyways. Quick snap count. Tight formations, I mean, it just so negates one of their strengths, it which does. is his ability to confuse a quarterback. It simplifies them. Yeah. It, sim- it makes them go, well, you got to worry about this run. You better make sure you got all these guys in gaps makes here. Makes you want to stand up at home as the, the offensive nerds that we are and be yeah. like, yes. No doubt. Golf clap. Golf clap. Way to go. Why don't more teams Old do that? Old school football. Yeah. Just hit and, ta- you know, hit and block and run hard. Like, I love it. And, you know, like we said with Todd Bowles, I just want to like I want to hug Todd Bowles and be like, man, that was awesome. You blitzed your whole life and you didn't blitz in the big game. Yeah. And then for, I want to do the same thing to Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. Be like, oh no, risk it, no biscuit, no risk it, no biscuit. But you yes. guys said, fuck that attitude. We're gonna run the ball in this game and yeah. we're not gonna take any risk. I mean, they yeah. changed who they were to win this game. I agree. I mean, I, I think that they kind of tweaked it, Chris, in, in the bye week. Definitely. And definitely. They came out winning at Atlanta. It was kind of bombs away. Yeah. But from that point on, I mean, they, they're running the ball almost as much as they're passing. I think mm-hmm. I wrote it down here. Hang with me. So you've got the Fournette runs and the Jones runs, one less than Brady pass attempts. Yeah. Almost perfect balance. Once again, I think I said this three or four weeks ago. I went through and added it up and kind of surprisingly asked you, you know the, the, the leading receivers? 
Tight end and running back. I know. Again, tight end running back. Backs running as much as Brady throwing. And it makes me think, isn't this the offense that's kind of crazy bombs away downfield? And that was the narrative. And they, they could have gone there if they wanted to. But it wasn't just this game. It was the last seven, eight weeks Definitely. where it, it, it was not what we were led to believe it was going to be. No, it was not. But they found what worked for them and this team and Tom Brady and what made sense for the strength of their football team. And Which they is? checked their egos at the door and yeah. said, or don't worry about my strengths. And the strength of their football team was their O-line yeah. and their ability to dominate people that way. And that forced people to have to do things they didn't want to do on the defensive side of the ball. And you're right. I mean, yesterday, listen. It was the offensive story. I know Brady's the MVP. The offensive story is the run game. That was the biggest thing. That led to Brady throwing three touchdown passes all off of play action. Mm-hmm. Every really big throw you saw yesterday that was at least down the field was a play action pass. Really, I think almost every one. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I Let's think show the Gronk TD. Keep the, going. Yeah, I, the Gronk TD. The second one. The hey, second the Gronk pass. post up the middle in the third quarter was a play action. I mean, but let's go. Let's say uh, After Pete, they've been running on first down, right, something they running, continually do. Exactly right. So this is Gronk touchdown number two, Chris. This is Gronk touchdown number two, okay? And so first off, and don't start it yet, their, their play, this play here is not for Gronk. Not on this coverage. No, They're not, not right. looking for this. But, again, this is going to show you once again that the offensive line for the Bucks whooped the shit out of the Chiefs' D-line, too, even in pass pro. What they're really trying to do here is number 84, Brait, who's playing fullback, they're trying to get a play-action fake and have 84 run at 54, the lo- or Sorensen, I think it ends up being 49, the safety, because he's thinking, hey, wait, he's running at me to block me, mm-hmm. and then they were going to run him on a little out route off of it. It's a Shanahan play. I, this is Kyle Shanahan. And he was looking left the he entire He was looking way. left because this was who he's, he They were thinking, we're running the ball good. We're going to fake this run. The guy who's supposed to cover the fullback He's going to come up and try to avoid the fullback to make a tackle on the running back, yeah. and nobody's going to be covering the fullback out, out there, which is Cameron Braid in this one. So they do that, and go ahead and let it run, Pete. So he does that, and like you said, he play action fake. He's looking to the left the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's going, let me look at 84. Oh, wait. Let me look at Evans. Evans was really well covered. And now he looks back to the right side, and that concept was for a different coverage, yep. but he had time. And Gronkowski's running a corner route. Yes. But he just adjusts when he looks back and sees Brady still holding the ball. And he's like, wait, I'm by the sidelines. Didn't get the credit it should have in the broadcast. Did not. They didn't really ever show what he did. And this was the Brady-Kron combination to where all these years together really helped. It was like seamlessly. It was like Brady was like, oh, well, he'll come out and be right there. And, and, and Gronk was kind of covered and then just looked back and was like, oh, wait, he didn't throw it yet. Let me turn this way. Yeah. And Brady just put it right on him. And it was just a great play by Brady and Gronk and, and, and overall the whole offense. And another awesome example of the offensive line, how they gave Tom, where Kansas City's offense came nowhere near providing nowhere near. for Mahomes because he wanted to throw it. Like he's in rhythm, drop back, throw it. Nobody there. Yeah. You come to my right, extra hop, extra rhythm. So Gronk's response was great, but the offensive line allowing him to have that. Mahomes never had that all night. No. I'll also say, and it's, yeah. it's kind of subtle, but there, there was a play in the second quarter, and it was a deep out route to the right, right. where Godwin oh. kind of got caught up, and he didn't come out of his break that early, and right. Brady was able to extra pat, extra bounce. Doing the comeback on the right sideline yes. on their first a, touchdown drive, right? About a 15 or 16-yard yeah. gain. Off a of play action. Where the offensive line allowed Godwin to kind of get untangled, allowed Tom to take another gather step. No doubt. That the other guy never had all night. No doubt. No, it was it was the uh, quarterbacks got the, that played two different football games. 
you know, and, and again, it just goes back to, yes, the offensive line, the physicality of the Bucks. Uh, they were they were outmatched. But yeah, I mean, hey, look, look, this is this is hilarious in itself. OK, <laughs> here's that's that's uh, Mahomes, right? This is just Mahomes first off. And I mean, Mahomes like let me see this. So so that's Brady just on the bottom. Those squigglies. I don't <laughs> think I even realized that. So Brady didn't move the whole night is what yeah, we're saying. Right. And Mahomes was the roadrunner and Wiley Coyote was chasing after him the whole time. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? It's Look amazing. at all this crap running yeah. around. I mean, it's insane. And the fact that he did it less than 100% and everything like that, I'm amazed by it too. Hey, I'll say what I, I mean, Brady was awesome. The one thing I do want to just go back to before we go back to what we were talking about, Patrick Mahomes, his toughness, yeah. is it, it, you have to admire it. Mm-hmm. I admire the Chiefs for not ever giving up in the game, even though they were getting their butts whooped. I really do respect that. But I really respect Mahomes' toughness and just – going down with everything he had. And he wasn't going to play the politics of the sport. He wasn't going to go, oh, everybody's going to blame me, so now I'm going to check it down, and my stats will be pretty good after the game, and it won't be that bad. They won't blame me that bad. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'll go, you know, I'll make it look like I'm 35 for 45 for 320 yards. No, he said, fuck that. I'm going down swinging. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to win, I don't give a shit, or I throw interceptions and we lose and I look like an asshole. Right. And I respect that. Yeah. I do. He wasn't going to go down with trying to play the politics and save the aura of Patrick Mahomes. He was going to go down, oh, I'm about to hit the ground, I'll dive and throw a 40-yard laser and see what right. happens. And I respect He's, that aspect. Totally Because not agree. all quarterbacks do that. He was, he was pressured a little over half the time. He was at 53%. Is that what you said? Career high? Okay, there we go. Quarterbacks under pressure. Oh, my gosh. Brady pressured 13% of the time. And it's 53%. Unbelievable, and, and I mean, not and 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 not even blitzing. That's 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 the other thing. You would know? you I read? Know, no, no, two exactly. or three of them are blitzes. But would, would you read into him after the game saying, uh, I, "I'm just paraphrasing here," but yeah. he said offense wasn't on the same page. Yeah, I know. Which, which can be, someone can say, "Is he is he mad at the coaches? Did he think the coaches didn't prepare us well or call a good game?" Is he like it, it's wide open to interpret, and it's just, it's not very often you, you hear a guy do. He that. threw everybody under the bus. Either them all. I mean, including himself. Including himself. Exactly right. That's where I like. I know people are going to try to make a thing of that, and I kind of got in a semi argument with Mike this morning because I just the, went. What was Mike saying? Well, Mike was kind of going. That was kind of like Peyton Manning, you know, back in the day when he was like. And, uh, needless to say, we had some pass protection issues. It's a, it's it's a version of that. It's a version of that, but he started it with I didn't play good. I missed throws. Right. I didn't see things right. And he went, then the receivers, we weren't on the same page either. Some of them ran some wrong routes. And yeah. then he said, then we had some blocking problems. See, this is where I just, we got to stop this. We got to stop this. What's this? This, this, now when the athlete gives us a real answer, we're going to dissect it and fucking give 97 different meanings to what we think he meant. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be mad when they become robots and go, can't they ever just give us an honest answer? Like, we got to stop this shit. Mm-hmm. It was a normal, normal answer. He wasn't putting blame on anybody. He was putting blame on everybody, including himself. The quote said, I got to play better. Right. So back the fuck off with that crap is what I want to say. What one response would be, and yeah. this, I mean, maybe it's not fun because it's unfortunate how well somebody, that offense played. Yeah. However, one way of looking at it is, okay, just because he took blame himself, yeah. does it give him the ticket to then, as you said, throw other people under the bus too? Well, 
I mean, I do think it does. I mean, listen, they didn't it's play good. It's better for us that he did because it's fun to talk about. I know, but, he about, just, but he, they didn't play good. Right. They scored nine points. Played horribly. I know. Yeah. So The unthinkable. Didn't so, score a touchdown. I mean, yeah, okay, he could have been perfect and just said, I didn't play good. Mm-hmm. But he just, he's, he's an honest guy. He yeah. almost always gives honest answers. And I don't think any of those receivers are going to come in today and be like, I can't believe he threw us under the bus. I played awesome. Oh, what's he talking about? And the right tackle is going to come in and be like, oh, I was all over JPP. What's he talking about? I, he threw me under the bus. No, you sucked. And so did a bunch of other people. Yeah. So that's okay. And he took the blame in saying he sucked too. So. And he did, which that doesn't get played I know. as much as the other stuff I know. does. Right. And I just wish we would stop doing that a little bit in our profession of – because we enjoy it when they're honest. I know. It's, it's just so different when one of these quarterbacks, who's basically the CEO of the organization, yeah. doesn't come out and say all the right little political things because yeah. that's, what, that's what they're trained to do. I know. So it, it, it just jumps out. I know it is. Yeah. And I, but I just think we're in a new era of like some of these young quarterbacks. Hopefully there's more of it. I think you're yeah. going to see more of that. It's because it's not personal. And I, I think with two, with guys like Lamar and Mahomes and Allen, like the guys in the locker room know that – and these guys love us, so they're, they're not going to take it personal. Right. It's not like the old, like, sometimes how the quarterback used to be the CEO and it was just like he didn't hang out with the guys and anything like that and then said stuff like that. This is, uh, th- these guys have a good way with the guys Absolutely. in the locker room to yeah. where I, they can get away with these comments. It, we, we've kind of touched on Brady a little yeah. bit. If someone didn't see the game, hasn't read anything, say, Chris, man, I was tied up with family, missed it. How did Brady play? How would you describe his game? Um, I, I mean – I would, I would say great. I would. I mean, for what was there and what, was, what needed to be done mm-hmm. and everything like that and just the, the demeanor in which he gives off to his own football team. You know, again, it didn't like pop, oh, my gosh, plays all over the field or anything like that. But the big thing is when people were open, he hit them. Yeah. Other than a, maybe the first two third downs of the football game. Mm-hmm. After that, I mean, he was throwing strikes and he felt comfortable. And I never got into like a jittery aspect of the game where you felt like, you know, the, the one flaw we've seen with this game where you go, ooh, people are around him and he's starting to fight. He just seemed comfortable and cool right. the whole game. And then just the ball was pure mm-hmm. throughout. I mean, it was pure. He threw every ball, I think, just about where he wanted to throw it for right. the most part all night long. He, he, he played well. His team put him in an awesome position. Yes, His right. coordinators, yep. the defense, I mean, all he had to do was be a B. And you give him, and we haven't hit on this yet, yep. some of the opportunities the refs gave them. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, that is what it is. Again, I'm not making excuses. Like, Tampa Bay was the better team. It's a question, though. It's a question I wanted to get to. So yeah. that's Let's nice. go to it. Sonny Ron yeah. asks, do you think the officials were asserting themselves too much in the game? A hundred percent. I couldn't help. I don't like to tweet during games, but I had to start tweeting last night because there were some things going on where I just went, damn, I just got to put my thoughts out there. But that, to me, was a little over the top and Which egregious. Which call bother the most? Actually, all of them. I'll just say all of them. All of them. All of them. And I'm, let me just say this right off the bat. First of all, the interception is my, my, the number one worst one. Okay. That cost them four points yeah. at least. Maybe, maybe seven altogether because they end up getting the touchdown. They end up having to kick the field goal where the guy lines up off sides, yeah. and then they score the touchdown. But either way, if they don't call that PI, none of that happens. Mm-hmm. So none of it. And here's my, my issue with it, all right? That stuff hasn't been called the whole playoffs. That's where I just can't. Listen, week eight in the NFL, that's pass interference all year long. Mm-hmm. I, got no, I know that. But everything we've watched the playoffs, that has not been a penalty 
all Aaron Rodgers playoffs. might answer that differently. Well, Aaron Rodgers would go, well, fuck, if they were going to call it that way, we would have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They would have been in the Super Bowl. That, that's where he's probably sitting at home going, what the fuck? They Are called, you kidding me? There, there were a number of pass interference calls. Yeah. Thinking of a couple late at Lambeau in the NFC Championship. Well, yeah, they, they called, called the one. Like well, they called one for the Bucks. Was there only one? It was only, it was only that one. Yeah. We were complaining because we were going, wait, there was other ones that should have been called on the Bucks against Green Bay. They didn't call it the whole game. And now it's a big third down, and Brady throws it over the middle. And it was P.I. Remember, Kevin King yeah. grabbed yeah, this thing. But our issue was nothing's been called the whole game. It's been WWE wrestling. And now, you know, that was called there. And that's the way I would feel about this aspect. You know, nothing's being called. They're letting them play. They've been letting them play the whole playoffs. So now uh, teams are used to this. Wait, this is how we played. Nobody said anything to us. And you call that. That to me, yes, they became too much of the show at the end of the first half. And I do think it helped. Again, I don't think it would have mattered. The Bucks still would have won the game. They were the better team. But it cheated us, I think, out of a better football game. You're right. Yeah. That's where I would, I would disagree with it. I, I don't like any of them. I'm telling you, any of them. What about the one Mike Evans has run a, a, about 30 seconds The go left. route on the left side. Go route on the left side. Right. Do you think that flag should have been thrown? I don't. I mean, they tripped on each other. I can show you on film. I watched it on DVR a million times last night after it happened because I was like, wait, did he grab him or anything? There's nothing. Matt, Mike Evans is running. His, le- his left foot goes back and trips Brashad Breeland. And he trips and falls on the back of his foot. That's incidental contact. Textbook. That doesn't get called. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let alone it was questionable whether it was catchable. Right? And then the one in the end zone. That's the one that bothered me the most. You thought that was, you, it bothered you? Yeah. Because it yeah. shouldn't have been. Should never, yeah. Talk about uncatchable uncatchable and we have to understand this this is uh, this is being lost in the football world right now just because the receiver wanted to go somewhere mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the defense has to move out of the way to let him go right. the defense is there it's their spot you don't just go oh but he was supposed to run that way no the defense was there he's got to run around him and the contact is made by Evans the interception the contact is initiated by Evans Evans has the guy in his hip pocket on the interception and does this. Yeah. And then the guy holds him. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Right. So, so we're just going to let people do that now? You know, so that to me, again, I'm not saying it mattered in the game. It mattered, though, I think, in the competitive nature of the game. And I just have an issue with, again, the difference in the way regular season and playoff football is officiated. And yeah. then, especially in this case, playoff football has been officiated one way the whole time. And now there's four minutes left in the first half, and the stars of the game are going to become the referees. And that was just annoying to me. I, I think that one actually did matter a lot, that one in the end zone. Because think about how much different, inside of 10 seconds, no timeouts left, it feels to be on the one-yard line as opposed to somewhere. I forget where Definitely. they were. Somewhere between yeah. the five and the ten. Right, right. Feels a whole lot different from there. And all they did was collide. I mean, they came together. Is this now? And he threw it ten yards over his head. Is, is this a penalty every wall. time now? It hit the yeah, wall. Yeah, it hit the bottom um, part of the wall. Um, it shouldn't be, but it has become a thing in the NFL. And that's where I just, again, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I kind of cringed at DBs the are to allowed to have the right to an area. Yes. If they're standing there, even though your route was supposed to run there, you don't, you're not allowed to just run him over. They can be there as well. It was second and goal from the nine. Second and goal from the nine. Yeah, which so bad. So you're going to have third and goal from the nine on the next play. With no timeouts. With no timeouts. 
Oh, would have been second goal. Yeah. That was first and goal, would have been second goal. So, yeah, then maybe you're going to have one more shot. Yeah. And they're going to take a shot in the end zone and then maybe kick a field goal. But, yeah, 17 to, or 17 to 6 is different than 21 to 6. That touchdown felt dirty. Like, and, afterward, I was kind of yeah. like, yeah. Listen, I didn't yeah. like either one of them. I thought they both felt dirty. And, I, again, I don't want to take credit from the Bucks and what they did. They played they, awesome. They were deserved the better the team. They deserved to win. Yeah. We just don't like that aspect of what the NFL does with that. And to me, yes, that was too much. I, I still think the Bucks would have won the football game. I do. But I think we would have been entertained a lot more if some of that wasn't, you know, taken into account there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talked about him a little bit here as a part of, it was more of a part of a bigger picture of how Byron left, which Bruce Arians really went to the run more. But Leonard Fournette, 16 carries, 89 rush yards. The entire playoff season, he was up into double-digit carries, uh, usually over 20 touches total. Yep. Massive part of what they did. Beast. Beast. I mean, just like a perfect complement to that big offensive line. So, yeah. now, I mean, you got a big offensive line, a powerful running back, and then Brady who can throw lasers off a of play action. I mean, damn, that's good, that's good living right there. But I'm just always amazed that, you know, we talked about it last week with the, or two weeks ago with the NFC Championship. They run like one play. They really just run everybody goes straight. Mm-hmm. And we're going to mash you back, and this guy's big and strong, and he's going to mash it in there. And if you collapse too much in there, he'll bounce it outside. And then we got into the touchdown run, right, where he had the 27-yard yeah. touchdown run. Take a look at it, it here. like the only play all game, one of the few plays all game, they didn't do that play. They actually changed up what they did. And don't start this yet, Pete. But first off, I think the beauty of this is – the size of the people in this football game. We have one receiver in. We have an extra tackle, number 73 in, at the tight end position. So this is what we would call 13 heavy in the NFL. You know, one back, three tight ends, with the heavy designation being, hey, one of you tight ends is not really a tight end. You're a heavy, you know, tight end, as in a tackle. And so that's what they got there. You see here, it's 73, 87, 84 on the edge. Man, do they got a lot of power on the right side. Then they're going to pull Ali Marpet on the backside, number 74, and go ahead and let this play to where 
They block down, block down, block down. Now Traverius Ward's the only guy left on the edge. Ali Marpet can block him with his right pinky, and Leonard Fournette does not get touched going into the end zone. Again, another just example of physicality, physical dominance, and just a nice little wrinkle to go, wait, we run this play a lot. We think you're going to, one of these times, you're going to overcompensate and mash it in there too much. So we'll help you get in there, mm -hmm. and then we'll have somebody just on the edge to just get your one guy on the edge, and boom, we won't get touched for a touchdown. And just a, a nice game plan design for them. Earlier in that drive, yeah. they faced third down and four. Right. I'm going to back up even more. Right. Kansas City's first possession of the second half, they had a third and seven. Yeah. Mahomes got chased around, threw it away, incomplete. They punted away. Right. A couple moments later, they have third down and four. Yep. Difference between third and four and third and seven. Brady drops back, checks it down to Leonard Fournette. Oh. First down. Yeah. Because he, I mean, maybe he does that on third and seven, but on third and four, you know, hey, if they're dropping back his zone, I'm just going to give it to my fullback no doubt. Him, or running back, let him fall forward, keep the drive going. So it's a small thing, but he had third and fours. A lot. And protection. Yeah. Mahomes had a lot of third and seven-ish yeah. kind of plays. Third and 20s, third and 15s. Third I mean, and more than everywhere. 10 a lot Holy of times. shit, he had a third and 30-something at one point last night. I mean, yeah, they just it, it, it's, Paul, it's, it's a great point. And it goes beyond third down, too, because it was so many second and fives where you just go, damn, there wasn't really anything there, but he ran it up the middle for five yards. It was just mm -hmm. a mosh pit, and they got five. They got four. So they were always in good positions to manage, again, the spags, blitzes, disguises to where he had to always worry about, man, I'd like the blitzer disguise here, but I got to worry about this run game. I can't do anything crazy. Yeah. And that was a, a, a big aspect of the football game. But to your point, I mean, that's if we had a, the theme of the game would be quick passes mm -hmm. or it would be run the ball, Yep. Quick passes, play action. That's all they did. I know. That's all he, did. he threw some receiver screens, a tight end screen, a running back screen, a dump off to the back, and then really the four or five play action passes we've talked about already, right. and that was the football game. Yeah. Most of the pass catchers averaged less than 10 yards per catch for the Bucks, which was kind of rare for them. Right. Goes to show you how well they ran it on first down, because if you have second and six and you hit Gronk for four, you're fine. Right. So I, I thought those numbers said a lot about the mindset. Not only for Brady when he dropped back, but also the play calling. Yes. What happened to, to Frank Clark and Chris Jones? Yeah. Well, Chris Jones plays better than you th think. I will say this. I mean, tip the pass. He was involved in a lot of the tackles, right. stopping the yeah. run here and there. It was better than I thought on TV. But it just goes back to this O-line again. Again, first off, when anybody who listened to my podcast, listened to the podcast last week when we broke the game down, I, I mentioned the front four didn't get close to Brady the first time. Anytime they got close to Brady, it was more because of the blitzes and disguises, and they found ways to trick the scheme to get one guy free. But, I mean, those two tackles and those guards and the damn center, I mean, they're, just, they're, they're a tough matchup for Kansas City. It's one of the few offensive lines in football that can yeah. kind, of, kind of handle them a little bit. Pete just gave me some unbelievable info in my ear. He said that the Chiefs defense, they had one player with multiple quarterbackers, Alex Okafor, one. You know, how many, you know how many the Bucks had? Eight. Ten. That's it, unbelievable. It just tells you the game right there. Yeah. It's just kind of, if you want to, like, that's a synopsis right there. It just says it all. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brady was, like you talked about, just got to pat he was, he was balls, good. be clean, nice throw lasers. Yeah. And, 
And really, yes, Kansas City was not even afforded the luxury of being able to do a three-step drop some plays because the dam broke so quickly. So, that's what stinks. You know, that's yeah. what stinks. It would, you know, maybe we can get the gift of next year getting this game again yeah. with two healthy Kansas City tackles and a healthy no. Mahomes yeah. and really be – you know, just delighted to watch an awesome, awesome football game. I, that's what I always want in the Super Bowl. Exactly. No matter All you what. you want is a close game. I do. I just want a fun, good game. And between the refs yesterday and the injuries of the Chiefs, yeah. again, Bucks would have won the game, but I think that took away from the, close, the closeness of the game yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Very end of the game. Yeah. My wife came in. She's like, you seem a little, little down, depressed. I'm like, it's got nothing to do with either one of the teams, but there's always this feeling at the end of the Super Bowl, like the games are over, I man. I know. Love the draft, but there's no more games till August. That hurts a little oh, bit. It does. And this game that had so much potential was never no, it never lived was up never to it. close. And I don't know how it worked at your house, but because my wife made so much food throughout the game, kind of the unwritten rule: if she does all the work before, oh. I'm going to go out and clean up after. Right. So I knew the game was over. It wasn't a good game. And now my next clean hour is cleaning the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It was a bad moment. It was a bad it was moment. Rough. It's a, it's a rough. The next next 24 hours will still be rough because it's just yeah, damn, no more football to watch. I know. Just all the buildup for the big game. Yes, it was a little underwhelming. Uh, it really was. Still enjoyable, yeah. but. Well, see, that's where you got to get one of those jobs where you get a 7 a.m. Uh, and you get a 5.30 a.m. wake-up call <laughs> because then when, the, when the, the living room's dirty from watching the game, you just got to go, gotta I got to get up early. I got to go get ready and shave and shower. Got to go to so, work. Sorry, honey. <laughs> if I ever randomly, uh, unexpectedly, not invited to show up for the show, yeah. and Mike's like, what's Paul doing here? You can just say he, he, he didn't want to clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a reason to get the heck out of the house. Yeah. So much of what we talked about, I mean, we didn't plan it out this way, but kind of a compliment to Todd Bowles yeah. and how well the, the defense played. I want to read this question from George Nielsen. Why do coaches like Todd Bowles excel as coordinators but struggle as head coaches? In Bowles' case, was it more to do with the Jets or is he just more suited to being a defensive coordinator? I, yes, I think sometimes... It's a question I, I, I've thought about a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of guys like this. There so. is a lot of guys like this. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that always jumps out to me more than anything, especially with so many of the defensive coaches, and I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, they go and become a head coach and then don't coach the defense yeah. anymore. They let somebody else do it because, then listen, I know, they got stuff to manage and it's a whole team and it's a whole different game, and they've hired somebody that they feel like hey, this guy's a lot like me and runs my defense, and okay, I'll do him. But he ain't you. That's why you're the head coach. You have those three or four awesome designs every game that made your defense awesome, and that's why you're the head coach. You know, and so to me, that's one thing that gets lost every now and then. The Jeff's, Jet situation certainly played into that. The fact that he was never supported with a quarterback or anything right. like that right. and those issues. Hey, they did go 10-6 and six yeah. his first year there. But, yes, there's some dysfunction there with the Jets, too. So, yeah, there was other issues to go along with it. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's going to get another shot. I do. For sure. Because I think the fact that it was the Jets, he did go 10-6. and six. He's so respected by players and other coaches throughout the league. Yeah. He's got a great way and demeanor about him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's obviously a, a special defensive coach. Right. He has been for a long, long time. Do you ever wonder this when you're thinking about guys like this? We're yeah. talking about Todd, but we've seen this situation before. Right. A person's a head coach. However much is his fault or not, they end up losing a job. Yeah. They go to be a coordinator again somewhere else. And as they have success and as they know all that goes into being a head coach and all the things that get blamed on them and how they're pulled away from what they really like the most, and that's coaching an offense or defense. Right. Do you ever wonder with a guy like Todd Bowles, and it could be a dozen other guys, 
maybe they're thinking, you know what? I've got a pretty good salary. I know. I know everything that comes with being a head coach. Maybe I'll just stay here and be a coordinator for seven figures and just coach the guys and let the head coach deal with the BS. I, there are think that a, ever goes through their heads? I, and some of them I do. I do think it does. I think there's been a few failed head coaches who have done that. Like, I feel in a lot of ways Spags is almost there. I know Spags made some comments he'd like to be a head coach sure. once again. Yeah. But he's also got to have that feeling of like, damn, it's great to be a D coach and just have the free reign to do whatever I want. Nobody's micromanaging me, and I can just coach ball. Yeah. I think there is a lot of guys that are like that in the NFL. You know, sometimes it does take that failing of the, the head coach position. Every now and then, though, you got guys who they seem just to be comfortable. Like, I'll be an awesome coordinator, coordinator my yeah. whole career. Hey, yeah. I was in Tampa with a guy, Monty Kiffin. I don't really ever remember him ever even talking about wanting to be a head coach. At any point, did he have any passion of being a head coach? I think he loved just coaching D, yeah. talking to the D players. I don't got to worry about all the other bullshit and press conferences and political crap. And I think there's a lot of guys in the NFL that are, yeah. that are content with that. Bow Bowles, I don't think, is one of them. No. He, he, if he wants yeah. to be a head coach, he right. deserves to be. I do love the story of when a guy, and again, it could be Todd or anybody else, it doesn't work out as a head coach. They yeah. go back to being a coordinator. They get that next chance. I'm always pulling for those guys because – it's got to be humbling to lose your job that way. Definitely. You know, you go back and not only coach your guys, but you're thinking about, I could do this better. That head coach, oh, I'm going to do that next time. So to combine whatever humility comes with it with the learning along the way, I always pull for those guys. I do too. Oh, the two coaches yesterday in the Super Bowl with that, right? And Bruce Arians got fired and won the Super Bowl. Andy Reid fired goes on and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah, so there is, there is something to that psychosis of like, what you learn from your failures, failures, how you're going to approach that next job and go yeah. from there. Here, last thing I want to ask you, because yeah. we didn't hit on this. Yep. What did you think of Kansas City calling the timeouts before the half? Right? It was 14 to 6. Yeah. That was a – I thought it was greedy. And if because you have – Go ahead. If you have Mahomes as your guy, you, you can't usually be too mad about being it. greedy. I know. Because just as we were at home thinking, hey, he'll probably be great on the next drive. He'll probably lead him down the next drive. You know Andy and Eric are thinking the same way. I know. Uh, but it was a little bit greedy. And I felt like Tampa was just going to hand it off and run the clock out. And then They were. They saw the timeout. They got the first down. You saw Arians in the sideline telling Brady, let's go. Let's keep going. They called two timeouts. They yeah. were in the ball in first down. They called the timeout. Yeah. They were in the ball in second down. They called the timeout. They kind of talked them in to, to taking shots. They went fine, yeah. And then I didn't understand why defensively, they, they put that corner in a position where he – was it Breland? Breland, who called? got the P.I. on the tripping, right. I mean, yeah. he, he's out there by himself. Yeah, I get you. 30 seconds left. Play a conservative deep zone and keep him in front of you. I'm with you. So it wasn't just the timeouts. It was a, it was a the scheme, The approach too. there altogether. I, I get that. You know, I don't like the P.I. call, as we talked about. But, yeah, I thought that was an interesting aspect that – and we didn't even get a chance to really hit on that today. Because – we need five hours. Well, the, the psychology, <laughs> though, is like is what you're saying. Hey, we're here because we put pressure on our people yeah. with Mahomes, and you got to play and do that. But I don't know. I just listen. This, and again, it's way harder as a head coach. But I was sitting there watching that game. Did you game have a problem going, in the moment? Or? I did. I went. It's 14 to six, and it ain't look good. Yeah. It, we're it's we're lucky. It's 14 six. Let's just go in. Yeah. We get the ball in the second half. Let them fucking run the clock out. Yeah. That, that, to me, 
Yeah, but I, you know, it's hard. It's a hard one just because, again, Andy Reid's going, wait, I, all I've ever done with this guy at quarterback is just put people pressure on, yeah. put pressure on teams because of him. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe he was looking to, like, maybe this will jumpstart us or something that way. I don't know. Right. But I thought it was very risky in the fact that, I don't know, you tell me. It was 14-6, to 6, but I felt like Tampa was clearly in control of the flow of the football 100%. game, right? Yeah. To where I just wanted to go, man, let's just 14-6 is a win. Yeah. Let's go in and regather and get the ball to start the second half, and yeah. who knows what goes on then. Yeah, it's um, almost so like – Interesting. It's almost like the uh, thought process there was – was had much more to do with all the games and quarters and halves that led up to that game. I think so. Didn't have as much to do with what, what just happened going on the last right hour. There. Agreed. Think about how shitty it felt for Kansas City at the end. The frustration from the penalties. I think that was where Matthew got into it with Brady. There were other guys arguing on the sideline. So it kind of escalated into just a not just the score, but just felt like Kansas City was coming apart. Yeah. They got bullied. Point. They haven't been bullied in a long time. And yeah. I think they were like, wait, we're supposed to be the bullies. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. And, again, I'll go back to the refs. It's too much. First off. Yeah, that's when all that happened, too. First yeah. off, I mean, yeah, that was. I mean, that touchdown was, you know, well, let's see. The, that was the Antonio Brown touchdown when he yelled at him, right? But that was set up by penalties. I mean, the P.I. and some of that, too. It was two P.I.s, right? But the even there. I don't like the call on Matthew. I, it's stupid. First off, Brady went over and started it. Yeah. He went over and said something to him and then ran away. And yeah. then Tyron Matthew ran, said something to him, and then Brady followed him and they threw the penalty on Matthew. Yeah. I don't care about any of it. I'm just saying it's the Super Bowl. It's emotions. Was there a punch thrown? Right. Oh, sorry. Was there a punch thrown? Then don't fucking throw the penalty. Right. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. And I have the same issue with the Chris Jones personal foul. Uh, on Kappa, you know, you know, not necessarily. I understand it because he mm -hmm. hits him in the head on Jensen. Jensen excuse me, yeah. on Jensen, he hits it, Jensen, but Jensen hit him in the head first. And and unless you've seen it totally, then don't call it. Put your flag away. I don't yeah. like that. I didn't like Antoine Winfield's getting it for the deuces yeah. again. They let Tyree Kill I run know. by people and do that to people. I know. Then he's got to be able to take it back when he gets it shoved in his face. Right. And it's I football. Agree. It's a man's sport. It's yeah. emotions. It wasn't – he was doing it with a smile on his face. Like, I understand that's what, – what do they call that? Like, taunting? Yeah. Taunting to me is like you stand over a guy right. while he's on the ground. you got your, you know, crotch right in his face. And you're like, and like you're talking. That's taunting. Right. This is football. And yeah. I just – that's where I want the referees to get the hell out of the way. Yeah. It was certainly uh, – those kind of breaks went the way of the Buccaneers. All game long. Without a doubt. It's All not game. why they won. But they did. Yeah. It, it, it did slant in there. Yeah, their it did. Yeah. yeah. It's just you don't like to see the refs have that big of an effect in games like that. On that that's kind of game. That's all there is to it. No. But way to go, Tampa Bay. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Dominated. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. We got anything else? We, we hit it all? What do we got? We good? We good? Big Pete, we leave anything on the table here? We did it, baby. One game in under an hour and a half. Look at this. Was that only 90 minutes? <laughs> nah, I think we did it an hour and 20, maybe. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. I kind of had us penciled in for two. I thought we might get there. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. I mean, if Pete wasn't rolling the music right now and said, keep going, it, we, it would we be probably no could hit some other aspects, certainly. But congratulations yeah. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Way to go. I mean, yeah. it really was special. Bruce Arians, the Glazier family, Brady, awesome. The coordinators gets well. Yeah. Um, yeah, the coordinators, awesome. Leftwich, Bowles, amazing. Really, Super Bowl 55 in the books. Polly, 
That was fun, man. man. It was fun. We'll be talking free agents and drafts soon. Free agents, draft. Hey, listen, from here on out, Chris Sims Unbuttoned Podcast. We'll go to two podcasts per week. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to do some Ask Me Anything. Ask me anything you want specifically to this game. I am going to watch the film even more in depth and break some things down. If you want to talk about the season, free agents, whatever it may be, I'm going to start diving into that type of stuff. So we'll be here twice a week as the offseason goes on. Everybody be good. Talk to you Wednesday. Peace out. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.